How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of your favorite Swim Bay podcast, Scales and Tails, episode 99. We're joined by a gentleman from the very, very warm, hot state of Texas today. Uh, actually, very good friends with Caleb. I'm sure you guys, well, obviously you guys know who it is because you fucking read the title of the episode. But we're do- yeah, we are joined by Mr. Dylan Kersey, right? That's what I said, right? Yeah, Kersey. Yes, sir. Kersey. Fuck yeah, dude. I got that right. Just so you guys know, before we start recording it, I got it right the first time I said it too. Dylan acted surprised, and I was also very surprised that I said it right. Mm-hmm. Oh, so funny. But yeah, we're, we're joined by you. You're, you're another Texas guy, obviously friends with Caleb. You guys fish quite a bit. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that too, but we're going to kind of talk about your origins and how you got into it and then how you how you met Bobby and then Caleb and then Marshall and just, you know, just talk about some good stuff for the next hour and a half two hours or so but yeah man what uh well first off because some people might not listen to the end what's your instagram for people who don't follow you so they can follow you right now yeah i'm texas chunk all one word uh chunk like chunky um yeah dylan kersey oh yeah man perfect i'll put that in the show notes as always you guys can go follow him i realize it's easier for people to listen to the beginning of the show and go follow you in case they don't make it all the way to the end and just never hear your Instagram. So we're going to start doing it that way from here on out. But uh, yeah, so you're from Texas. Have you always been in Texas or did you grow up somewhere else like with your parents or what, what did it start where, what was, what was like the beginning of your life before fishing? Like, uh, yeah, so I'm a born and raised Austin, Texas. Uh, yeah, I've stayed, been here my whole life. Fished, uh, you know, started off with ponds and then, you know, graduated into the lakes and all that. Hell yeah, dude. And so, I mean, when you started to fish, Austin was probably not nearly as fucking crazy it is now, as it is now, is it? Like, as far as, like, population and probably fishing pressure, too, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. It used to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Right. Easier than it is now. And then, oh, yeah. I mean... I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you have seen the effects of, of all these, you know, big time comedians and all these music, musicians and stuff moving to Austin, Texas. And then, oh my goodness, yeah. you know, COVID and stuff too. I mean, they're, I mean, dude, the amount of people that have moved to Austin, Texas, like if you listen to a comedy show, like on Spotify, like, you know, 90% of the people are like, oh yeah, I just moved to Austin, Texas. And it's like, holy shit, how many fucking people live in Austin, Texas? Like the population has had to at least grow by 25% in the last three years. Oh yeah. Yeah. Traffic's traffic's gotten a lot worse because they haven't updated the road systems and it's, it's bad. It's like what used to be like a 20 minute drive to get to like, you know, a fishing spot used to be, is now like a, you know, hour, 50 minutes, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. No shit, dude. Are you serious? Oh yeah. It's, it's packed. It's, it's, it's butt to gut in, in Austin right now, but you know, Whole lot of homeless people. Whole lot of homeless people too. And that's, one famous homeless that, person. <laughs> oh, one one famous one. Yeah, he sticks some big fish. He's he's a, he's one of the good ones. He's a nice one. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, dude. And and I didn't even think about like, uh, you guys just got a huge Tesla factory built too, like within the last year or two. And I'm sure. Oh yeah. That probably fucking got crazy. Like fucking even just more people moving down there for that. Yeah, it keeps it keeps growing. That Tesla factory, it's funny. It used to be uh they where where they built it, there was some money ponds there. I caught us I caught a seven and a half and an eight out of those ponds over there. 
No shit, dude. Yeah, they built the factory. I mean, they must have filled the ponds in or something, but they built it right over where they were. Those sons of bitches. They don't, dude. That's like that's got to be like bad juju. That's got to be like building over oh, like a, yeah. like a yeah. uh, Indian burial ground. <laughs> right. I hope all those Teslas explode. <laughs> but dude, so like, I, I know we're kind of getting a little bit into Austin here, but it's just because it's like grown so crazy. So between that stuff and then. Like, is there a lot of factories down there? Like, I know, like, Lockheed Martin, is that's, like, where they're based out of. So that's probably a fucking huge plant. Like, I've seen videos of the Tesla factory, and it, dude, it takes, what, like, a minute and a half, two minutes of going 80 to, like, pass the whole building on the Yeah, highway. yeah, it's a, that's a huge build. That's over by the airport, and that's that thing's massive, yeah. it's They just updated Apple Maps, and you can see it on there now, and the thing's, it's huge. Dude, that's crazy. Dude, the airport. DFW or not not uh wait is DFW the airport no no, DFW, no it's, we're, we're the Austin airport here. Yeah, we have yeah, a pretty small right. airport I was about to say dude DFW is fucking huge you look at that thing on a map and oh, it's yeah. like what the fuck I felt so yeah. bad for it's Juan been around since like World War One it's it's one of the OG American oh, airports yeah. yeah dude that place has got two stories. Marshall like kept saying he passed us. We're like, dude, I did not see the fucking van. Like I would have known. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are below us. Like it's like it's like a fucking whole underground city. It's like two levels to the airport. That place is fucking huge. Mm -hmm. I I don't I think I've been to Austin once and I was like super and I was younger and I had no idea about the fishing and stuff there. And we well, we were in New Braunfels and I think we just kind of drove through Austin a little bit a couple years ago. So I didn't really get to experience anything. Yeah, you've never you've never been down here and fish. No, well, when I went down there, I think I was a freshman in high school. So, oh shit, when did I graduate? Twenty nineteen. So like twenty sixteen, I was down there, like the summer of twenty sixteen. Mm. And no, I didn't. I didn't really get to fish. I think we fished one spot, but like we didn't really have any idea what we were doing. And then we stayed like on like a resort right next to. uh so isn't Schlitterbaum like right next to uh, the one of the rivers? What river is that? Is that the Guadalupe? I believe it's the yeah the Comal, I think. And it's yeah. yeah there's there's some decent fishing in the Comal. I've I've been through it. Nothing over like six or seven, from what I found. I'm sure there's yeah one massive fish. Yeah, yeah. When we were there, dude, it was like crazy flooded. Like it was like fucking. I oh. Mean, the river yeah. was not very wide and it was like whitewater rapids. You know, it was probably a 10 yard across section and it was just fucking ripping. And it, it was actually a spot where they stock rainbow trout too. I thought that was super cool. Cause I like, didn't really know much about it back then. Wow. Yeah. That, that might be the quad. I might be thinking of a different water park, but yeah, no, the, the all, all the rivers here flood out bad. And that's why the river fishing is you really, you cap out at like, seven eight pounds with river fish i mean i've heard stories of you know obviously the river records here are all double digits but they don't really get over that like eight pound range really from what i've seen yeah dude i'd be happy with a five i'd be happy with a six <laughs> but anyway yeah right. we fished down yeah. there and we fished down there and really didn't do any good but so you grew up down there when did the fishing kind of start for you and what was what was that like like fishing ponds or fishing the rivers or, or town lady oh. Yeah, I, I actually I grew up doing saltwater, going to the coast with my dad. There's a photo of me from when I was like three years old, next to like a 45 inch redfish that I reeled in, and uh, I was about as big as the redfish. So that's how I started fishing. 
And then I, I really got into bass fishing when I was like, I don't know, sixth grade maybe. And, uh, you know, it was just because that was the, I was lived in Austin and I was pretty landlocked, so I couldn't fish salt water. So I got into fishing golf course ponds and I would see big bass swimming around and I'd be like, how the fuck do I catch these things? So I got really into fishing YouTube and I used to just look up like 13 pound largemouth, 15 pound largemouth. And I came across uh, one of Butch's videos and I was like, dude, what, what's a Huddleston? You know what I mean? And then I, that's how I got into swim baiting. I, I really only fish conventional for like two or three months maybe before I got it. Like when I got into swim baiting, I didn't know the difference between like a spinner bait and a buzz bait. I thought that was the same shit. Damn, dude. <laughs> that's so i mean you you got into it like quick so mm -hmm. yeah i got a huddleston and a bull shad like right off the bat how old or what year do you think that or how old are you now you're right around my age right i'm like, 21 yeah so okay, graduating okay. class of 2020 so i think you you got like a year on me yeah yeah so I'm, i was the year ahead of you so how old were you when you got into like when you stumbled upon butch and, and remember buying your first bait i think i was in like Sixth grade or seventh grade? I'm pretty sure I was in seventh grade, so I was like 13, 14 at the time. And uh, yeah, I got my first HUD, fished all my, I used to only fish ponds. I had like three ponds, like a, a walking distance from my house. One of them was huge and somebody caught like a 12 out of it. And you know, I, I, I messed around there. I caught some eights and some sevens and my PB was like eight pounds for the longest time. And then I started fishing lakes. I uh, met Grant, and that's around the time I got into fishing Ladybird when I was like 14, 15. Damn, was that before he caught that big one out of there? Your favorite swim bait podcast is now proudly sponsored by Leviathan Rods. Leviathan Rods is a Texas-based fishing rod company that's handcrafted and uses high-end, made-in-the-USA rod blanks. Every sale from Leviathan helps support foster youth and their families. With Leviathan Rods, you're not only going to feel a difference, but you're going to help make a difference too. Friends of the show will also get 20% off their rod purchases by using code SCALES20 at checkout. So whether you're fishing a depth 250 or a square bill, make sure you're using the best rod choice out there, Leviathan Rods. Uh, no, that, that was a, like right after. Okay, okay. Damn, you're hanging out with a local celebrity down there. Yeah, yeah, we great. We we go way back. Yeah, that's fucking sweet. Because because mm -hmm. Grant Grant's like our age too, right? He's twenty one or so a year old. Yeah, he's he's same same graduating class as me. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. I couldn't remember though. Damn, dude. So you got into it, dude. You said eight pounds when you were fourteen was was your PB at the time. Yeah, yeah. I think when I was like twelve, it was an eight pounder. Yeah, with, on, like, on like a live bluegill and then it was like an eight on a sanko and then you know damn damn dude that's fucking that's crazy as hell mm -hmm. i don't even know i don't know anybody in the state of michigan who's caught an eight pound bass yeah those are, those are few and few and far between up there from what i hear dude, we caught a seven on saint Clair this year seven pound largemouth and we oh, lost our minds in the boat we were like holy yeah. shit holy shit holy shit and, and they netted it i'm like that that's a seven seven and a half pound bass and we scaled it and it was like just barely seven and i was like whoa that's the biggest that's the biggest bass i've ever seen like in person before i'm like that thing's fucking massive yeah yeah i just read an article about some dude that was trolling up there in like the 90s with uh, trolling with like a hundred feet or a hundred, I think it was a hundred feet of line out, and he caught like an eleven pound smallie, and he said it was like a thirty minute fight or something insane like that on a deep crankbait. Oh my gosh, dude! That's yeah. fucking... <clears throat> I will say, 
I think uh, I don't know, like if you know much about how the Lake Michigan fishery sets up, but no, I, I know nothing about the Great Lakes. Um, so like I would say there is a state and probably a world record smallmouth in Lake Michigan or Lake Erie, like any any time. Like you could go out there at on, the moment. Yeah, you could you could go out there in eighty foot of water on a secluded rock pile that probably has a hundred fucking gobies on it and a bunch of lake trout and walleye. And I bet you there's a small mouth there that sits there year round and just absolutely gorges itself to death on, on gobies and on little alewives that swim by and just all sorts of stuff. But it's like, nobody goes out there to fish that deep just because I, I mean, if you catch a fish that deep, you're going to kill it more or less. Yeah. I, I would probably say that if uh, if there are guys who go out there to vertical jig for for lake trout and salmon and stuff, I would never I wouldn't be surprised if somebody ever caught a ten pound smallmouth doing that. Like it's just it's so untapped out there, and it's just miles and miles and miles of like random chunk rock and stuff. Even in like thirty forty foot of water, like I guarantee there are an absolute shit ton of of eight pound to probably like eleven or twelve pound smallmouth. And then, dude, I've honestly seen some largemouth that. Now seeing a seven pounder, I would say are well over eight pounds. Like I've I've lost some very very big fish fishing the the pier heads on Lake Michigan, and yeah. and like like bending out like the silver st thirty six hooks and stuff. Like dude, they I've I've seen I've seen and hooked some absolute huge fucking fish out there, and they do not eat conventional. And if you miss them, they'll probably never fucking eat a glide bait again. What the fuck? Damn. Dude. It's it is fucking crazy. I uh I'll send you some videos after this of like just seeing fucking fish swim around like chasing your two fifty or taxi trout, and they'll shit. Dude, the problem is is I was I was long lining a citizen out there this this past weekend, and dude, I I probably had hundred and twenty feet of line out, and these fish would follow it from when I cast it and started walking like on the pier head. And they would just tail the thing the whole way, and then you just run out of yep. room, and you'll never get them to bite. Or, or they're like nipping at it the whole time, like biting the tail, and you can feel it. You can feel it reeling, and then you can kind of feel your your uh, your reel start to little get a little gummy, and then it pops free, and it you're like, well, I'm not dragging bottom because it's 15 foot, and I only let it sink for you know four or five seconds. And it, dude, the, those fish out there, they they are just the smartest fucking fish I've ever seen. They are stupid mm-hmm. smart. Yeah. Yeah, I had something similar on Lake Austin this winter. I would, I had this one dock that every time I would throw past it on the Hinkle Trout, I'd have one that I'd say is like six plus probably, or you know maybe even bigger than that. Every time I would go to that dock, always fire out for it, but then I'd always be too close and I'd just run out of real estate next to the paddleboard. So one time I just put the bait on the dock with the hooks hanging off of it, and I paddled out like pretty much almost across the lake, like with, with like two hundred feet of line out. And I fucking, you know, pop it off the dock and I just slow reel it all the way back to me. And there's like four fish behind it after like like a, you know, 200 foot fucking long line. You know what I mean? Followed it all the way. They just want to follow. I almost want to fucking troll for these fish. Like, you know what I mean? Because that's what they want to do. They just want to follow for like a half mile and then be like, okay, and maybe eat it. But I I don't even know. Yeah, dude. I, I don't know. Those fucking... Dude, fish are just so damn smart. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's oh, like yeah. the big ones. And then, like, <clears throat> you think they're going to eat or, you know, you think you're going to capitalize on it. And then they just turn off or they see you and they just dip. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they're, they're smart. I feel like a 10 is almost like, or well, probably like a seven up there. It's like, that's like a human almost as far as like deciding whether a lure is real or not. Like the big fish that I've caught, every single scenario has been like, they're either just like the fish are firing and they're just not thinking about it before they eat. Or it's just a situation where like the lure was like, you know, in a way where the bass like just couldn't see it. You know what I mean? Whether it's in heavy cover or it's murky water or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, man. And and what's the water down there for you guys set up? Like, is it super clear on, on those lakes in town or? So on our chain lakes, I'm, I'm mostly fishing the chain lakes. I do, I, I do a lot of creeks and rivers too when I can, uh, but I'm mostly fishing. Towards the top, it's like super clear. It's like the dams filter the water or something. And then towards the bottom, it's fucking super murky. So, I, I mean, I've been trying to fish, like, those in-between zones and, you know, because where it's, like, just murky enough to where they can't see your line. Because I feel like it's that almost, like, helps you a lot. Like, when that water's got a little bit of tint, because, dude, like, gin clear water, you get, uh, you get over it after a certain amount of time. You see enough six pluses, like, come up on your bait, follow it for 20 feet, and then turn off, like, you know, 30 feet from your board. It's upsetting. Yeah, it... Dude, I, and I, I have yet, I've had a couple big fish follow on the board, but I haven't really had much, <clears throat> I haven't had much action. Like they, I don't know if I just run out of room like you said or what, but it's just like, damn, dude, like I've seen some pretty dang big fish follow all the way up to the board. And I almost don't think they see the board until like they see me move and they're like, oh shit, that's, that's a person. <laughs> right now. I know it's, it's tricky when they come up on the board like that. It's it's almost like just dependent on the fish and the conditions. Like sometimes they just like, it's almost like they choose to ignore it. You know what I mean? Like I've had them eat baits like off the board. Like I have my bait like next to the board and they just come up and crush it against it. Like it's a wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh man. I don't know. I, I, I'm waiting for the time because I've gotten pretty comfortable on the board, so I'm waiting for a big fish to eat because I, I'm like, I, I know what I'm going to do. It's just like, it's just got to, it's a matter of time. You got to come down here. I'll put you on the dumbest Creek seven pounder you'll ever see in your life, dude. These things eat anything. The ones in the creeks here. Dude, yeah, that would be, I, that, uh, when, when Marshall was with you and Bobby, like, dude, that spot looked fucking oh. crazy. That was that that day sucks. We caught like uh, like a, a couple fours, but like a solid day. Like me and Bobby have put together like probably like thirty pounds. We've had thirty pound days. Like each of us have thirty pounds. You know what I mean? Like no shit. On creeks. Oh yeah, because it's just like you, it's the thing about creeks here is it's like fucking it's dry for like a mile, and then there's like a little pond pretty much, and then it's dry for another mile, and then it's a pond. It's like a dry riverbed essentially. And you're just, it's the reason those fish are so stupid is because no one wants to walk a fucking two to six miles with a paddleboard. Those are my best spots. The ones where it's like, I got to walk in like six miles to get there. And it's a super deep pool. Like no, those fish never see baits, especially from the angles I'm throwing at them with the paddleboard. Yeah. And that's the cool thing. Like if you put in enough work down there, you'll get somewhere to where there's fish tucked in and like, you know, they, they aren't seeing all the run-of-the-mill normal baits, and they're probably a little bit more keen on eating rather than, like, a fish that you're casting at under uh, that big, br- in, what is it, 
Imperial, not Imperial Bridge. Uh, Congress. Yeah, yeah. Like, like these fish are probably a little more excited to eat. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, no, because I mean, like, literally, these these fish, like some of these fives and sixes I've caught, have never seen a lure in their life. You know what I mean? It's it's more of fun fishing, not like me going out and trying to like get better at bass fishing and honing my skill when I go out to these creeks. It's more just like I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna have a six pounder crush my wake walker. And I'm going to have an insane fight on a paddleboard where it tows me in circles around this little pool. You know what I mean? It's just, that's what I like about creek fishing is just, it's, it's easy. You know what I mean? And they, those, those bass, they just fire out and just watching them crush. They're like little great whites. You know what I mean? When they eat, it's just insane. It's like, you know, on shark week when those great whites yeah, come yeah. out of the water and eat the <laughs> stuff that they're trolling behind the boat. It's like a mini version of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, that's that's freaking crazy. What what kind of bait gets pushed in back there? Is it just like shad and bluegill and stuff? Uh, the creeks, it's a man, it's a lot of like weird forage in the creeks here. We have yeah, a lot of bluegill, not a lot of shad in some of the creeks, like lower down, like closer to where they flow into the rivers and the lakes. There's gizzard shad, but not higher up where I'm fishing. I'm like. I usually try and like the headwaters of a creek area are always like just so money. They're they're usually always private, but it's it's like the biggest fish around there because it's like huge dammed up pools where the property owners put dams on these creeks. So it's like a little lake. Damn, dude, that sounds fucking bad. At are you ever worried about popping your board back there or anything? Like going over these dams or anything? Uh, you know, I had a, uh, or I still have my, uh, first board, uh, that I think I've had it for like two years now, my Pelican. And I've taken that thing on two 30 mile river trips and it's, I've, I've gotten a couple little tiny holes in it, but I've gotten really good at repairing the holes. What I do is I get some super glue and I put it over the hole and then I have my electric pump and I put that on deflate and it like sucks it down into the hole. And you got like a half inch of that PVC stuff that your board's made out of, and it just seals it right together once it gets in that hole. Dang, dude, that's like, I, I don't know. Sometimes I'm out in the middle of the middle of the lake, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what would I do if I just started hearing fucking hearing bubbles come out from under my board? Like, oh yeah, no, that that's the fear. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if if I ever do another big river trip with an inflatable paddleboard, I'm gonna bring like a backup like pack raft or something like that you know what i mean just yeah. just in case but you know that pvc material it's tough like i've dropped mm -hmm. it off like 50 foot cliffs and stuff like that like it's it's really strong like I've, I've dropped it on barbed wire fences and you know it gets little pinprick holes but like the, that's it you know what i mean and that pelican was cheap i think when i got that thing it was like 150 bucks i think they they uppriced it they uppriced all the paddle boards after it got popular but yeah yeah dude i don't know for yeah i'm gonna be like straight up like people people act like you have to spend a whole bunch of money on a paddleboard mm -mm, no and, dude, they're all the fucking same they're just different colors. No. Yeah. yeah that's that's what i like about paddleboard fishing is like anybody can go out there and get a hundred dollar paddleboard and have the same shot at the same fish that i'm fishing for Whereas, like, you know, if you're some fucking dude on a $100,000 fiberglass bass boat with live scope, me, I, I'm pretty experienced on a paddleboard. I'm not, I'm going to maybe throw my bait at, like, two of the fish that you're throwing at a day, and they're probably throwing at, like, a hundred more fish in the same size class caliber. I just feel like catching a big one off the paddleboard is, like, way more impressive, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. I, 
you don't have i mean hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna send you this meme on instagram real quick that i'm gonna post for tomorrow and you're gonna laugh like but like you know paddleboard you don't have any graphs and i mean it's just like it's kind of like a purist thing like you're pretty much just out there far enough from the bank like being able to cast in different positions but other than that it's like there's no real advantages to it no it's just it's just time on the water really that like makes you good at paddleboard fishing dude like you just got to spend like marshall is a fucking wizard on the board you know what i mean and he's just put more time out there than anyone else on a paddleboard and that's why he's so good at it you know what i mean he's yeah yeah so when did you Okay, we'll we'll back it up before we get into the paddleboard stuff. So you got you know you got your first baits when you were around what you say fourteen. 13, do you remember? 14. Do you remember catching like your first good fish on one, or even maybe your first? Mm-hmm. Fish, if that was like a crazy experience. Yeah. So my first ever swim bait was a eight inch HUD, the IU one, and I was a uh, I was straight retrieving it over the top of this uh, golf course pond over the top of this hydrilla like fast like waking it pretty much and i just see this fish shoot off from like 20 feet away like i see its wake and it just i mean inhales the whole thing like the bait was in its crushers and it was the the hit was like probably like two seconds just immediately just sucked the whole had never seen anything like that ever you know what i mean and that fish was that that was an eight something you know what i mean 24 inch just super chunky fish uh, that fish was that was and i remember i was like young for that one there's i'll send you a photo of it after this i had like dyed blonde hair and like big snake boots on and yeah that was a uh, yeah that was one of my first like big big ones and that's when i like really was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get serious about this bass fishing stuff because it was really just like i got into it just to like you know do something while I was, you know, here, and then I was going to move to Florida, and I still want to move to Florida and catch Goliaths, man. That's my dream. Yeah. So, do you miss? I mean, you got you go and fish the saltwater every once in a while. Is that something like oh, you yeah. miss a lot? Yeah. I mean, my I, I still go out with my dad at least, you know, once every two months in the salt, depending on time of years, depending on what we're doing. But uh, yeah, I mean, my dad's has a big offshore boat. It's a 24-foot trophy. So it's not huge, but, like, we do, like, you know, 200-mile round trips out there to, like, boom, banging back for tunas and whatnot. And we, you know, high-speed troll for Wahoo. We deep drop for swords. We've caught marlin off the boat. We've caught a 250-pound blue, and we've caught a stripe off the boat. And then we've got – we're yet to catch a swordfish, but we went on a guided trip and – uh had a really good shot at one, but it broke off on 80 pound braid, which is, it doesn't sound like a lot for offshore fishing, but when you're deep dropping for swords, you're dropping 3000 feet down. So you're fighting like multiple currents. So you want a really thin diameter line. So it doesn't, so there's not a whole bunch of bow in the line. And so yeah. it's sensitive because those swordfish hits, you got 150 feet a liter in between your weight and your bait. So when they hit it, you could barely see it on the rod tip. And, uh, Swordfish, that's that's insane. That's that's one of my favorite kinds of fishing right there. Dude, that's fucking that's <laughs> what you just said. I, I, I understood what you said, but it was still like a foreign language. You only ever saltwater so I, I used to I grew up in Alabama for like eight years and we used to fish that three mile bridge in Florida and you know, just it's just where you pay, go out there and just drop it down pretty much. But there's some big sharks around there, I've heard. Really? I fucking believe yeah. it. Yeah. 
That like that like Pensacola area. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Golf Course Pensacola is where I grew mm-hmm. up. Yeah, somebody caught a great white over there the other day. I heard. I really oh, want to go there with my with my one thirties and try and try and stick a big tiger or something. I think that'd be cool. That would be crazy. But um, when I actually when I when we were talking about Texas, um, that same trip we went down to Corpus Christi and I fished right next to the battleship and dude, that was like that was some of the coolest fishing I ever did because. I had no idea what the hell I was going to catch. And, you know, you just, you just throw a piece of shrimp on and just throw it out there. And I, I think I was, like, jigging it, like, you know, like you would, a, like, a football jig. And, dude, I caught a redfish. I caught this all sorts of stuff. We caught a uh, – Oh, yeah. Um, are they sheep's head down there, or you guys call mm-hmm. them? Yeah, they're sheep's head, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys call them sheep's head or uh, – or uh, what the fuck's the other name for them? Um, Rasp? Drum, drum. I don't know if you call drum. them drum. Oh, well, it could have been either if it was – if it was white with big black stripes down yeah, the middle that's, of that's it. What it was. Did it have like human teeth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a sheep's head. Yeah, those things are gnarly. Yeah, my we actually sight fished it. My my cousin was fishing the one side and he's like, Oh, look at this fish. And he dropped it right in front of it and just fucking ate it. Did it eat a lure? What? Did it eat a lure? No, no, it was a piece of shrimp, I think. Yeah. I used, to, I used to whoop those in Florida. We used to, we, or my grandparents have a vacation house in Florida and it's, uh, it, they have these super murky docks over there and I used to whoop sheep's head on, uh, what, fiddler crabs. If you go down there on the bank, like anywhere mm-hmm. with mud, there's like thousands of fiddler crabs and you just gather up a whole bunch of them and you can whoop sheep's head on those things. Dude, I want to, uh, even like up here, this is something that I really want to start doing and i probably kind of well the fall window would be here soon but you know like a five or six inch bull shad or a flea shad and and just bomb it out there parallel to the jetty and just burn that burn it and stop it dude i feel like you could oh, catch yeah. crazy fish in the salt doing that so me and bobby were talking about that me uh so me and the boys go down there in the fall and we fish bait for uh reds and sharks and uh stuff last fall we got a 200 pound something stingray it was like five feet in diameter bobby got a big or no uh bobby lost like three rods i got a couple sharks and we got a whole bunch of 40 to 48 inch redfish like a whole bunch and redfish are fun they fight really hard yeah the redfish i caught was a total of probably 14 inches (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's like that's that's like the extent of my saltwater fishing but dude i just i think it would be so much fun to go down there with maybe not even a glide bait, just like a burn bait or, or even like a wake walker. And like, you know, um, I guess it's probably more, you know, you know, Lawson Lindsay, you probably know him, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like dude, like fishing down there and fishing around those big docks and like mm-hmm. dock lights and, and just taking like a wake walker or a rat or something and just hooking into those huge tarpon and shit or yep. uh, like tarpon and snook and stuff, dude, that yeah. would be such a fucking blast. Like I'm like, For why sure. is nobody else doing that? Because, oh my God. I know. Yeah, there's some docks I saw in Florida that are just loaded with massive. I mean, my PB snook is a 48 incher, but that was on a sardine. But yeah, the, the docks in Florida are loaded with big snook, and I'm for sure if I threw like a 250 or a I slide two six tour whatever in front of them, they would just crush it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially those private docks, snook, because there's some private docks down there where they feed the jacks and the bull sharks. And dude, there's some massive snook that hang out underneath them. Yeah. Oh, but what I was talking about with was uh, when we go when we were down there in the fall, we saw so many fucking huge tarpon rolling down there in the uh, in the jetties and in the in the pass in between the uh, the main ocean and the bay. 
-hmm. And we think, dude, if we go out there with like wake walkers or just something with a lift that you can grind, you know what I mean? And just, you know, just, you know, fish a whole bunch around the beach. We can probably get a tarpon doing that. We jumped off one fish on a, uh, just a cut bait that we're pretty sure was a tarpon. It was like a five, six footer and it jumped out of the water. Silver thing. We were night fishing, so we don't really know, but it was pretty close to us and it looked a lot like a tarpon. It was either a tarpon or a kingfish and kingfish aren't really big jumpers. So, dude, I caught a, king, a tarpon. Kingfish are like the mirror silver with the sharp teeth and shit, right? Like a fucking oh, mirror. yeah. Yeah. Those things dude, are insane. I caught two, I caught like three of those on back to back to back casts off that jetty uh, down there. Really? From the and, bank. Yeah, in front of that battleship. I was like, what the fuck is this thing, dude? I shit yeah. myself. I didn't want to touch it. I'm like, this thing's going to, I was like, this thing going to fucking shock me or something. Oh, my, yeah, this, this thing's teeth are insane. Yeah, I just, I just watched a video on Instagram of some dude. It was a Wahoo. It's super closely related to a kingfish. It's the same thing. Just super long silver, exact same teeth. And he, he dropped it on his foot and it, it left like an inch and a half gash in his leg. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, those things are, I mean, like getting hooked by a mother is one thing, but getting fucked up by like a fucking kingfish in the boat or like getting hooked by like an offshore trolling lure with a fish with a hook in its mouth. That's like, like saltwater fishing. You got some like serious, like, I don't even know, like obstacles. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty ginger when I, when I catch a fish, like I'll, I'll if I, if I have the chance on the board, I'll net it. I have like a, a longer handle net. I'll net it, pull out all my line, make sure I got slack line, put the set the rod down, you know, pull the fish up, grab it, and I make sure that I'm not going to get a fucking hook in my hand because I I've had a pretty traumatizing experience with like a 14-inch pike hooked onto a jerk bait while two of the mm-hmm. other hooks are, in, are one's through the tip of my finger and the other one's in the web of my finger while the fish is still sitting there just shaking. And yeah. uh, I'm like, ah, dude, I I do not want that to ever happen again." So, no, I'm very slow with unhooking fish and shit yeah it's a bad thing getting hooked. it's a bad especially by like a dirty hook that's been in the fish too because you can like feel it all the way down in you yeah i've i've i don't know i've, I've gotten hooked a couple of times and it's, it's never pleasant the nice thing okay i'm gonna say the nice thing the quote-unquote nice thing is is i all my big baits have small hooks now so it's like okay <laughs> i'm only gonna get stuck to a point where it's like you know yeah I mean, ST36 are the biggest hooks I like, the biggest, stoutest hooks I have. And I'm like, okay, well, if I get hooked by one of those, it's just going to fucking hurt no matter what. But like on the mother, I have, I have small hooks, you know, on all my other glides, I switch out the hooks to smaller stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, like if, if, as long as the fish isn't attached to like actively flapping around, like I should be okay. Like the hook probably will bend out if it's fucking stuck in a really meaty part of my hand. But dude, just some of the shit I see. I'm like, oh my gosh, I never want to be in a situation where I have a hook that bad. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, this dude that I uh, used to Goliath grouper fish with in Florida, fucking, uh, it's Chew on This is the name of his YouTube. Fucking, he's super famous. He's been on the news and shit. But there's a video of him where he uh, got hooked through the hand trying to unhook a Goliath grouper. Like a 400-pound oh. fish on the side of the boat. With the hook still in the grouper, so this four, this thing could almost like rip his hand off. I, don't, I think yeah. they like cut the hook with bolt cutters or something like that to get him disattached. But that shit was insane, dude. And that's like that's probably a circle hook too. So that's probably got a mm-hmm. hell. Oh yeah, yeah. Like oh, you're you're talking God. like a half inch in diameter. Yeah, something insane like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, those circle hooks they use for Goliaths are no joke. The ones, uh, the ones we're using on the, I, I, I've caught some Goliaths with. Uh, do you know who Black Tip H is? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, so I did his, uh, his. He had a shark fishing tournament down there, and uh, I think it was like 2013 through 2016 he did it, and I did it for 2015 and 2016. In 2016, I won Junior Angler, and that's how I met Josh. And then after that, I went, I went out with him a couple times. Uh, fishing and uh his hand line what he uses he uses a 27 aught circle hook so that's uh it's like a foot tall and like maybe like another like you know foot wide probably it's huge it's got like a about like a eight inch gap on it in between the hook and the shank it's a massive massive hook but the reason they use those huge hooks is so they hook the goliath in the top of the mouth as opposed to the corner because you hook them in the corner when they're pulling it's so much pressure that you'll break their jaw Huh. Well, dude, props, props to them for for fucking thinking of the fishes, fishes safety. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, that's a lot of stuff in saltwater, like with marlin and sharks. It's you have to take extra precautions to make sure they don't die because they will fight you to the death. Like yeah. tuna do that, marlin do that, all the big fish do that, all the big desirable ones. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Have I don't know if you saw my story a couple days ago where I've been posting um, the Australian Murray cod like drama that's going on right now. No, what's going on with the Murray cod? I dude, dude. I was I love those things. I want to introduce them into Ladybird. <laughs> I'm going to. It is like you know. So I'm gonna say this in their perspective. The guy I know and the couple guys that I've talked to. This is not my personal beliefs. So don't come at me if you use forward facing sonar and you know bitch about me or bitch to me about this stuff. But so, uh, you know, forward-facing sonar was introduced, and before that, from this is all from, like, my perspective and what I've kind of picked up on. So Murray Cod is, like, just a big-ass bass, and it's, they're just super aggressive, and they're fucking huge. Like, 130 centimeters is, like, a really big one, which is really fucking big. But essentially, they're very few numbered, so they're kind of like a muskie in that aspect, and they just... I don't know if like they don't really relate to much or if it's kind of just so all over the place you don't really pattern them. But it's a lot of blind casting. And essentially what it is is you just have to run your bait in front of this fish, which, I mean, is, is the aspect yeah. of all fishing. But it's like it's not necessarily a hard task, but I think it's kind of a combination of luck and figuring out what these fish are doing, what they're relating to, how, how they're getting caught and stuff. And so once... Once live target got introduced, like catch, catching a hundred centimeter uh, cod was like a huge deal. Like you were the fucking coolest guy of the week until somebody else caught the next one. But right. now, now with the introduction of forward facing sonar, it's like, it's too easy. Like everybody's catching 130 centimeter fish and, and going off of Gilbert's video where it's like, the more you show these fish, the baits, the more, the, the smarter they're going to be. So now, mm-hmm. now it's like not going to say it's starting to get hard, but you can see a decline of these fish eating. And it's like, there's like, you know, it's, it's the same here where half the aisle is for forward facing sonar. And the other half is like, you guys are fucking our fish up. Like you're catching a bunch, but you're making them super smart. They're never going to eat again type thing. Like you're catching them at such a rate. It was never really meant to be, I guess, like in nature, they're not supposed to be getting caught like that easily and stuff. Oh yeah. I've been fine. There's this meme page. I think it's like down under scopers or something like that. And <laughs> dude, he, he is like, I, I can't imagine he listened to this, but he is pretty much going on YouTube and Instagram, finding these live scope guys, screenshotting all their pictures and, you know, getting all these, inform- getting all this information 
in pretty much like not necessarily they're like blowing up he's like blowing up their spots posting these floating fish that they leave out of the water for 40 minutes to take pictures of and videos no what the fuck yeah yeah Yeah. and so like and and these are all like big uh australian fishermen like on instagram and youtube and stuff and this guy you know he's he's going about it probably not in the best way he's coming at it from like pretty much bullying him i mean bullying essentially it's just like making fun of him really and dude he he is posting some stuff and i've just like fallen into this rabbit hole the last probably about a week and a half <laughs> of like just seeing this guy drag these people and talk about and and post their spots and post these dead fish that people people are taking pictures of of these guys with like three or four murray cod floating around them at the boat ramp because they all died so they you know just dude it's some crazy shit it's it's fucking wild no yeah and then i mean stuff like that it's like you're just taken away from the dude that doesn't have a hundred thousand fucking dollars to spend on live facing sonar you know what i mean i looked into that shit so the screen for it is like six thousand dollars right if you want a 16 inch screen you get away with a 12 inch screen but i was talking to grant about it and he's like dude you want the you want a big screen and then you know the forward facing sonar itself is two thousand dollars and i was watching a millican video the other day and he's like anyone in the world has access to live facing sonar and i was like no they fucking don't because you need a fucking fiberglass boat and a trolling motor to put it on you know what i mean like well dude that's the other thing the like i'm I'm gonna i'll just be straight up like these australian guys who are doing it are smart you know Mm -hmm. you know how you have to mount it to your trolling motor well these guys made like the ice fishing setups where you just have the handle and you just turn it and it so like you don't have to worry about yeah yeah and I'm like, damn, that's fucking smart, dude. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, the manual. I've seen YouTube videos about that. Yeah. I mean, Murray Cod, the thing about him is they get what? I think they've been recorded at like 130 pounds, something insane like that. Like they fucking, it's just like a big largemouth. They're actually related to largemouth. Them, Nile Perch, and largemouth are like super closely related, I think. Yeah. But uh, they fucking, they, like, they get so big that get, that fish probably needs so much forage and all the fishing videos i see for them they're all in rivers so it's like okay so in this 10 mile stretch of river there's one fish that's 50 pounds and then you know that's like probably a choice stretch of river you know what i mean how many of those do you have and then you pressure all these fish oh guess what bye bye murray cod fishing you know what i mean it's gonna go out of style yeah it uh i don't know man it, it's like you're teaching you're like you know whatever whatever you're bringing like the hand of god down and you were just essentially just catching these fish at a rate that was probably taking the skill out of it too you know what i mean taking the skill and the the you know the time you spent out on the water like patterning these fish you know what i mean like sure you know i i see the youtube videos where these guys just go up and they're just bombing casts everywhere but i'm pretty sure they're they're pinpointed on that that area of reason for of river for a reason you know what i mean and they've you know they probably found like you know times and moon phases and sun cycles where it's like oh this is when these fish are biting and then these dudes with live scope come out there whenever they want you know what i mean and just jiggle a bait in front of a fish's face for 30 minutes until it decides to eat you know what i mean yeah that's the other thing is he is like he's making fun of these guys and just calling all these bait live scope baits because it's yep. the Gantrell, the mag draft he he called so he replaced he he sent mag draft but he replaced the m with an f i'm not gonna say it but 
and uh what was the other one there was another one uh the defiant one of the defiant baits oh yeah yeah i went to me and the boys went up to ivy and they had a whole bunch of those defiant baits in the uh in the tackle shop there like right by the lake in the marina and uh yeah I'm, I, we saw a dude buy one so they're probably moving weight over there at ivy hold on i'll uh, i'll send you um uh okay so so he posted a picture of a floating fish and uh i said he's like yeah it was a 130 130 centimeter yeah 130 centimeter uh cod he took a bunch of pictures of it was out of the water too long and it died and he posted that on his story i said damn dude and he replied with he's a fuck stick mate he went to the ramp to collect a camera his father drove down for him and it was found floating 130 130 centimeter cod is equivalent to like a 15 pound bass I yeah said, exactly. I said, that's fucking crazy is everyone posting about it like it seems like a lot of people know and he said they're all too scared to because he's a big name on the scene here. A few guys made comments on pages, but it was kept quiet. Our scene is cringe. Uh, Gantrell, Magdraft replaced the M with an F, uh, and Nine Inch Paddle Tail is the Scan Clan's go-to. No style. That Captain, that Captain Pinter's rich daddy buys him everything. He was a legend on the scene for a handful of fish. I didn't have Instagram until 2020 when I started selling baits, but my mates would always bring him up when we fished. I thought they were joking till I jumped on Instagram and had to look. <laughs> like, apparently this guy's just notorious for not being the best. Uh, I don't know if like if he meant best fisherman or like best handler of fish. Samaritan, yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. Nah, fucking. I mean, if I caught like a 15 pounder down here and like. You know, I, I, I didn't like waiting for one of my buddies to get here so I could have a witness or something like that. And the fish ended up dying like that. That's I could see that happening. But like if it's like anything under like a 15, like, dude, I'm, I'm letting that fish go. If it's if it's looking like it's going to die, you know, I'll do what I can, like hold it in my net and stuff. But big fish get stressed. You know what I mean? It's hard to keep them alive. That's why I think the Texas share lunker, I think a lot of those fish die. I'm not talking shit on the share lunker thing. That's a I dope program. But tell me what to say i'll talk shit about it <laughs> i just think some of the fish die in transport i think like 30% yeah. of the fish die in transport or something like that which is just sad to hear you know yeah. what i mean but i do i, I like what they're doing with the genetics because i mean you can see it in the lakes that they stocked those sherlunker fry in like that caleb caught a nine pounder the other day and i caught like a six and you can tell the difference between those sherlunker fry and all the other fish in the lake all the other fish in the lake are like longer and like darker black and these these sherlunker fish are just like extremely like bright green with like barely yeah. any lateral line and they're super tall like a bluegill you know what i mean you know how bluegill are like round you know yeah. what i mean yeah they're, they're, they're tall like that and it's weird they're weirdly tall it's and they're they just like dumb aggressive too do they have what like a round, like a round coned torpedo nose like a point to them or is it all just fucking like a blimp they're just, I mean, they're just so tall. They're, they're still long, but they're just, their bodies are just like physically taller. You know what I mean? Like there, there's, there's more height to them. It's, it's weird. It's like somebody just like put them in like one of those hydraulic presses and like, you know, flattened it out a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you some pictures of these Northern strain fish that I've caught up here the last couple of years, dude. It's literally like their mouth begins and then, you know, they get. 10 inches tall and then they just stump out to a tail like our yep. fish here are fucking thick dude yeah that's i saw that i saw this uh uh his, his name was patrick or something like that but he's up in washington 
and he caught a 23-inch 10-pounder oh. up there. And, uh, yeah, that thing was, like, just stocked up, loaded with fat. Yeah, I mean, those, I'm sure. Do, do, do those fish eat trout up there, your fish? Um, Holy guacamole. That was a <laughs> thick one. Yeah, dude. So, uh, they do, but I, so Lake, I'll, I'll kind of break down the Lake Michigan fishery for you. So Lake Michigan's got all those trout, the salmon and the, and the big rainbow steelhead trout and stuff like that. And then brown trout. Oh yeah. I heard about that. Y'all have a nuts biodiversity up there. Y'all have like a sturgeon and do you have yeah, striper dude. up there too? No, dude, I fucking wish. So I'll make you a deal. I'll help you import cod to Austin. If you help me bring striper to the great lakes, like, <laughs> oh man dude i could get you i could get you some dink striper for sure dude, the thing is the striper would fuck up the lake michigan ecosystem so so we have oh, yeah dude all the all the trout all the salmon yeah. all the yeah. bluegill all the smelt all the darters or whatever it is your fish eat yeah yeah so <laughs> so you got the you got the big fish so the big fish are you know talking about like trout so you obviously have your sturgeon and stuff but you have the chinook salmon which Chinook, the steelhead, the lake trout, and brown trout all eat the same thing. They all eat uh, alewives, which is like kind of like a, it's kind of like a herring, essentially, is what I was. No, I, I know what those are. I wanted to introduce those down here for a long time, but then I heard they like fuck up the fish spawn or something like that. Because yeah, I was like, yeah. dude, we need more bait fish. So I was just like looking at. I was I was gonna stock IU or some shit. You can't find any of these fish. I was yeah. like hyped because I could find uh, uh, like a year ago. I was like, I found all these aquarium sites that sold Murray cod, and I was like sending it to the group chat, like, "Yeah, dude, I'm gonna stock them in Ladybird." <laughs> <laughs> and Bobby was like, "Dude, they don't they don't sell the U.S." And sure enough, I checked, and you couldn't ship them to the U.S. Damn it, Bobby, ruining a good time. I know, I know. I was I was so hyped. He could have just let me have it. But. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so you got the you got those four big trout, lake trout, steelhead, quote unquote steelhead. They're just a different kind of rainbow, uh, chinook salmon. Yeah, and, yeah. Trout. and so for those for those four big fish, along with like the normal fish, you have those uh, you have those um, fucking alewives, which is like a super greasy fish. And honestly, that was like the main forage for a while for all these big trout. But the meat, dude, they're so greasy. The meat tastes like shit. You know, it it just it gets in their skin. Oh, really? And it's like they're super shitty. So lake trout used to be called like greasers, like because you wouldn't want to fucking eat them because all they would do is eat alewives. A couple years ago, um, there's a huge alewife kill off. Like every four or five years, they just fucking wash up on shore by the thousands and it reeks. Yeah, like a, a red tide or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So that happens. And it never like fully bounced back from what I'm what I'm familiar with, but gobies had been introduced like in the Great Lakes like 20 or 30 years ago. So there's fucking a ton of them, and the only fish that were eating gobies were were these bass and and pike and walleye and stuff. And so these lake trout, salmon, and steelhead and stuff kind of keyed in onto these gobies. And now like if if you go out on a guide trip out on Lake Michigan, obviously it's to try to catch steelhead or salmon. And like, if you caught lake trout, it was kind of like, damn it. Like, it's cool. Like if, if your clients like out of Chicago and they don't catch fish, but if your guys are like from, from the area and want to go out and catch like these, these targeted fish, it's like, fuck, like, I don't want to eat these fish. Like, I don't want to pawn them off to them. So, you know, right. it, it was always a downer to catch these fish. Yeah. Now, Cause you're pulling now, them out of so deep. You're killing them anyway. Right. Yeah. 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 And so, so now 
And it's like, I don't want to give my client like shitty meat that I wouldn't really want to even eat. And, and most people, didn't oh, yeah. know, but you could definitely tell that there was some, there was some ick to it. But now, <laughs> now that their diets have like naturally switched up, like people want to catch lake trout. Like guys are going out there to target lake trout because they actually taste good now. And dude, there, there are still so many fucking goby. And now the alewives are starting to bounce back. Like last year was the kill off. So they were also a shit ton, like schooling up and spawning and stuff. And dude, I did not catch a single fish off my normal pier up at home because there, I'll actually send you a picture of the fucking schools of fucking, uh, alewives, dude. I mean, schools by the tens of thousands and it's just, yeah. it's just shimmers like, cause they're so fucking big, dude. It's fucking crazy. But so the fishing is kind of like starting to bounce back and now there's starting to be so much food that I think like the fishing <laughs> here is just going to get fucking crazy. Like there's going to be, pop off. yeah, like. I bet you there's probably over 47 pounds small. No, way more than that. Because I, I, I was watching, there's guys posting eight pounds smallmouth this year, like up locally, up at home. Like there are so many big fucking smallmouth that were caught this year. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I think it's going to even be even better next year if we have a mild winter like we did this last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I ran into a situation the other day with uh, Threadfin Shad where me and Caleb camped out at this dam overnight. and. uh the fish were popping off, but we just couldn't get them to eat anything. Like I was tossing a rigs at them and spinner baits and little tiny little three inch swim baits, but they were just keyed in on these little like quarter to half inch thread fin shad. They were in these schools of millions out like in the middle everywhere, just everywhere. Just these schools that were probably like as big as my apartment, big like thread fin schools, schools of shad. And these things just go through them and just filter feed like a whale. Yeah, dude, that's, I don't know, man. It, it's like, at what point in time, I mean, is there such thing as too much bait, do you think? Like, is that, is that such a possibility? I mean, yeah, it, it wouldn't be a bad thing if it was like, like the, the mullet run in Florida is a good example of this. Like, it brings a whole bunch of fish there, but it's hard to catch them in the schools of mullet because you're trying to, there's your bait and then there's a million other baits you know what i mean so it's like when there's like big like explosions of bait fish populations and fish just start like like in what in the our downtown lake here in ladybird uh or here in austin ladybird uh it's the like they've been starting to do it again they used to do it a long time ago and then they introduced the grass carp and that wiped out all the grass and there's way less shad for a long time grass is coming back and finally we're starting to see towards the evenings you just see these giant like acre acre wide thing of just white water of these white bass and largemouth coming up and feeding on shad dang dude that i i wish you know i fished out there uh marsh Juan and i fished out there after after the show and we fished some like i mean it was probably a crummy little lake but dude like being able to be down in texas and cast and be like holy shit, like, I could, I could hook, like, a 12-pound fish right here, like, any cast, oh, dude, yeah. any cast, I could break my PB, and then I could break it six more times in a row, like, dude, mm -hmm. that is such a crazy-ass feeling. Yeah, it gets, it gets tiring after a while, because you're just, like, they're fucking, they're here, there's, there's world records in this water, I'm sure of it, I just can't locate them, and I can't get them to follow my bait in, or eat it, you know what I mean, but I'm, I'm looking for them. I've, I've got, I've got a bunch. I've got probably got thirty spots with DDs pinpointed, but 
they're just all, all there's a lot of pressure over here in Austin and it's the pressure's growing as more people move here, you know what I mean? I was out on Ladybird the other day and just in this one section of Ladybird I was at I could probably see I don't know, half mile, quarter mile, there's like 70 anglers all in that section. Like these fish get pressured. Like if you catch a 10 pounder out of Ladybird, dude, that's like a for me, that's like a 15 anywhere else. Like that that is that fish has seen everything on a Walmart shelf. It's seen pretty much every swim bait if it's in Ladybird. You know what I mean? Like these fish get pounded by good fishermen. Like there's a lot of fishermen here that don't have Instagrams, that don't have swim bait underground or, you know, they don't post their fish. They just take a picture and it's just, that's all they do is they take a picture and they go home and they're like, caught a big one and that that's it. So there's so many dudes here that just, there's just hammers that no, no one knows about, you know what I mean? So these fish are, they get a lot of pressure. Yeah, dude, I don't know. Just the, it's crazy that so many people focus, and I guess it is probably because it's just right there in town, but like any body of water can have, have your PB in it. And dude, that is fucking crazy. Like when oh. I look at a lake, you know, and, and we also have, I, I'm sure we probably have a lot more water up here, but I feel like, I mean, I'll go out on the limit. I'll bet you, I'd say like 60% of our lakes have too many fish in them. They're stunted, you know? You, yeah. Like, there was a lake up at home that you could go out and, like, between three of us, dude, we'd have two 250-day, or fish days. Like, just going in between these two points, it was probably only, you know, a 150-yard section of this little lake, and you would just fucking pound the shit out of these fish. But I will say that, and that was also the lake that I caught my first tinkle trout fish, a 21-inch fish, and up up to my to my knowing that's like the official longest fish I've ever caught and it's like it's like okay well there was one big fish in here so is there more and then also on the other side are all these other lakes that have a fucking gazillion 12 inch bass is there a couple you know five and a half to seven pound fish that you can't keep your bait in the water long enough to to marinate to to get a big fish interested in it so it's kind of like, well, that's where swim baits come into handy uh, when you're fishing the mother or the 250 or the taxi trout or or the hinkle trout. It's like, it's going to, for the most part, keep those smaller fish off. But it's like, how many days are you going to go stir crazy fucking casting this 10 ounce bait until you're like, okay, I am like physically to my point where I don't think there's a fish big enough in here to eat it. Yeah. I mean, like my whole look on like the, the whole swim bait only thing is, I mean, Big, big bass eat everything. There's so much forage in that sub five inch range. You know what I mean? But exactly when you're trying to weed out the danks, like especially when I roll up on like a creek spot or like a small concentrated area where I know there's a fuck ton of fish and there's some DDs or some large fish there, but they're, it's going to be hard to get past the dink because those are the things that are going to fire out first and eat your bait. That's where the mother comes into play for me the most for sure or the the bigger glides you know i had a hinkle for a while but busted it off <laughs> oh, oh, dude that that's shitty as hell I, oh yeah so i've had i've had two hinkle i've had two two mothers now and i think i had a hinkle trout too i think i'd probably honestly be more sad to lose the hinkle trout than the mother like dude yeah, there's, for some there's reason there's definitely less hinkle trout yeah. out there than mothers for sure it, which is fucking crazy saying that about a wood bait compared to a resin bait, but right, yeah. 
I, yeah, I, I, Andrew's one guy. I think they got a factory over there because there's dude, they're just pumping them out. Like on eBay, there's a new one every day. I just bought like three of them three for seven hundred and fifty bucks. I sold dude, one to Marshall dude. for two hundred and seventy. So dude, you know, I might made a little bit of money back on that. I mean, dude, that's fucking cheap for three of them for a white snake, dude. Uh, I guess. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not to, not Marshall. To Marshall got a good deal on that lot, white but... snake one. But yeah, these these other two that I got, I haven't tried the white snake one, but I know these other two sink so damn fast. I'm I'm about to drill the lead out of them, and then because if a bait's too light and it floats, I can. There's a million things I can do to it to get it down. But if it's too heavy and it sinks, I can't make it float unless I drill weight out of it, which yeah. is a good thing with the with the wood baits because I'm gonna drill all the lead out of this thing and just add tungsten tungsten putty to the bottom of it. So your that's funny. Your two sink really fast, and so you have the gray gray side brown top orange cheek one, right? That's one of the ones you have. Oh man, it, it looks like a carp. Yeah, it's got like kind of like a pink on the belly, and then the side is like a white orangeish. Yeah, and then I have an alumi, which yeah, is that's one of the that's the second mother I ever had. I had an albino, and then I had an alumi, and the the alumi I actually caught fish on it. The albino I grinded that thing in ponds and i could not i had that i think i got that albino when i was like 13 years old i got that in a negotiator and i caught two nines on that negotiator and nothing on that mother i I, I hooked some big ones i dumped some big ones on it but i was just fishing the stock hooks fishing it around ponds with like big wide glides now when i fish the mother it's more of a more of a straight retrieve type bait but i definitely want to get it to sink less so i can fish it slower because i feel like that's that's where the draw power comes from. It's just something big, slow, meandering around. You know what I mean? When it sinks yeah, fast yeah. like that, I can't, I can't fish it the way I want to. It's well, good for the deep lakes we have around here, but like, you know, it's yeah. Well, that's funny because my tr- my my mother in the trout color, dude, it sinks like a fucking rock, and yeah, and I, I have I have small hooks on it too, and it's like oh, yeah. it's like it's like what the fuck the the original mother I had, which was the um, like the green olive AU, like the the dark green top, um, the white yeah, side. Yeah, think like top. super slow, like an inch per minute. Yeah, right? dude. Like I don't, yeah. I don't even think it. I, I really, I don't even know if it sunk. I mean, I could find out. Uh, Phoenix has that bait. I sold it to him. But like mm. the difference in these fucking baits is crazy. And the other thing I want to point out real quick is all the mothers on eBay. The old packaging are the most expensive ones. You can buy like yep. the natural wood grain ones for fucking cheap. There's one right yeah. here for two fifty eight. Uh, oh fuck, where'd that one go? Dude, there was one for like I was actually you know thinking about almost buying it. Where the hell did it go? Um, so yeah, back onto the thing I was saying about how oh, there's like yeah, more bad. mothers than hinkles. I think they've gone down in quality a bit. I think they're like mass producing them. You know what yeah. I mean? Because they're selling yeah. them on tackle warehouse. You know what I mean? And it's they're never out of stock or sometimes they are, but like, you know, like they're, they're, they've got to be pumping out massive. I think they're doing like factory shit with those. Yeah, whereas, you know, the Hinkle is Andrew Hinkle probably tests his baits. You know what I mean? Like in a pool or something before he right. sells them. And I'm sure mothers just aren't tested and I'm sure their sink rates are just, they've just gone to like, Oh, this thing's just going to sink it like a foot a second. You know, like, my my are you dude this this thing is insane how fast it sinks i don't know like it's it's like it's mostly lead <laughs> dude have you ever seen a three-piece mother swim at all i don't think i've ever seen one like 
I have never seen a three-piece mother. Uh, Marshall was talking about getting one. He's like, dude, I need to get back into big multi-joints. And he was either going to get one of those, or maybe he was thinking about getting a ball of them. I don't know. Yeah. But Marshall, Marshall. That's what I'm going to get. I just busted my 11-inch bull shad today. And for me, that that big, massive uh, multi-joint, is just, that's just a staple, dude. Like, I've had so many massive – I've lost some giant ones on that 11-inch bull shad. And, you know, there's, it's a great bait for like what we got here, which is shallow grass and, you know, lakes with a whole bunch of cliff walls. And, and, you know, we got the, these giant, uh, on one of our lakes here, it's a big wakeboard and lake, and we just got giant cement walls down the whole thing by where all the houses and the docks are. And I've lost some big ones just paralleling that with a big multi joint, dude. Because they just, they pin those shad against those walls, especially yeah. like sometimes, like if you're on like a quality, like, you know, the moon's about the moon's about to rise or it's about a or it's just set or something like that or the sun's coming up or it's going down you know right then they just they go crazy and they just love to push the shad against those walls especially on the wakeboarding lake when the, those big waves come by and there's a big group of shad there dude those bats go insane because i've seen it it'll smack the shad against the wall and they'll make them all retarded they'll like start flipping out and then the bass yeah, yeah. it flips a switch and they just go insane like you can catch them on a sock if you wanted to. Yeah, I will say um, that pier on Lake Michigan that I fish, like some of it, like probably an eighth of it is rip and wrap, and the rest is all corrugated steel with the cement behind it for the walkway. And, you know, all these guys, you know, fish it however, and I've always, par- you know, I take a bomb cast as close as you can to that wall, and, dude, you fish it fast as hell. And, you know, I'm, I'm not to, you know, sound cocky whatever, but nobody else is catching these fish, and it's because they're not paralleling it because you can't really do it in a boat the best, and also they're not fishing it fast enough. Like if you give these fish a chance to look at it, you're you're SOL. And and it's because they see a gajillion drop shots every single day. Dude, drop shot is the only thing everybody fishes around here. And and so fishing fishing a 10, 11 inch glide and just ripping it past them and giving them giving them that opportunity to pin it against the wall. Dude, it's the craziest thing. I was watching fish yep. pin it up against the wall and miss hooks, and then he'd start to burn it again, and then come up and look at it, and and like you know when a fish is ready to eat because their their dorsal fins or their the fins on the side. The oh yeah, head, they they get all flared out and they start going gnarly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like and it was to a point where I couldn't fucking reel it in fast enough, like chop it fast enough for them mm-hmm. to be interested in it. Yeah, I was like, I mean, that's happened a couple times, but what I saw him do this weekend, I honestly think. Is because they hadn't seen a glide bait in so long that they were just losing their mind and they wanted to eat it super fast, like it was one of those, um, like it was one of those alewives running away. Oh I yeah, those really high speed bites, man, are yeah. insane. When like the, when you get on a burning bite, that's the best. Yeah, Love I was that. burning. The, I was burning the flag too, the two fifty five, and I was really? only, you can burn that. Oh, dude, you can hold on. I'll send you a. I'll send you a swim video real quick, dude. It is. Um, I've heard yeah, some it, good things about that bait. That's like a softy glide, right? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it is. What? When you burn it, dude, it is like an S. Like it literally looks like if you live hooked like a shiner and just let it swim around. It is the coolest fucking bait ever. Dude, I'm about to buy one of those after this video. Cause I was I was hearing about somebody that caught like that just caught like a nine pounder on one of our one of my local lakes on one of those things. And then Oh, I think I think know, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess. Yeah, 
he he actually wrote an article. He he actually just wrote about the flag for the next article. Where the fuck is this bait here? Um, yeah, yeah. It's, I I don't know the guy. Marshall knows him, but yeah, it's it's, it's, it's apparently it's, I need to try that thing because I've never tried. I've always thought about that. Like with the Savage Gear three piece, I was like, why don't they just take out that other joint and make it a Clyde bait? You right. know what I mean? Like, but yeah, that's dude. Speaking of the Savage Gear three pieces, man, those things are underrated. The three piece shad, the seven inch, and then the ten inchers, dude. Those things are good baits, dude. I will say the Gantrells are like super good baits too. That people, like, oh once yeah. You, once you start buying more expensive baits, you don't even think about them. And and dude, going yeah. back to that, um, dude, Marshall used to smack on the ball. I'm like, he used to catch so many fucking fish on that bait. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, there's just that that tight burning bait. You know, it's yeah. big, and Marshall's really good about like fishing, like right next to something, having the fish pin it up to get something. I mean, he's he's on a streak with the he he parallels that flea shad against the bridge and catches a big one. He did it at uh, <laughs> he did it in one of the rivers here, and he did it in one of the lakes here in a super super pressured spot on a white bone flea shad. I was blown away by that. And I will say. The Balam, and there's, I, I will also add this. There are people that are probably so upset with how we're pronouncing it because I know people who pronounce it Balam, Balam. Oh. Dude, I just say Balam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Balam. I know uh, if, if he listens to this podcast, he'll message me because that, like, when they, were, when they were brand new to the U.S., I got one, fished it for a while, and I actually wanted to buy a rod, so I sold it, and we were sending audio messages back and forth. I said, oh, well, you can have this Balam. He's like, what's up? What? You mean the Balam? I'm like, dude, it's Balam. He's like, no, it's definitely Balam. I'm like, no. Dude, what? I, everybody I've ever heard talk about, it's called it a Balam. That's just, I, yeah, that's what I thought too. Um, yeah. But, but dude, those, those are so cheap to get. Like, you can get them for like 80 bucks, like secondhand. Really? Dude. Yeah. I'm about and, to get one of those too. That's going to be my bull shad replacement. The 11 inch bull shad was a good bait, but I want something tighter because that thing's just, it's so much of an S. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, when a fish is swimming fast like that, it's not moving all that much. And I mean, I know Marshall's talked on, touched on this, but you know, it's just, it's just a little like a, you know what I mean? Like it's just the smallest amount of like side to side movement with some tail kick. And I feel like the flea shad is like, if I could just get a big flea shad, Kyle almost released. Do you remember when he was going to release the flash, flash mob? mob? Yeah. Dude, I was so stoked on that thing. I was like, fuck yeah. And then he never released it. And I was like, fuck really oh, wanted that thing caleb and marshall are fishing let's let, let's give let's give the homeless fisherman a ring see if he answers here caleb and marshall are fishing without oh, me i don't know no i think i got i think they're talking about it the group chat what up doggy oh nothing um dylan and i are in the middle of recording the podcast and i just saw your story so i figured i'd call you and caleb we're we're currently talking about the the ballum and how you used to smack fish with it back in the day Wait, hold on. Is this a Caleb question too? No, I was, I was just, I was just bringing up the ball, and we were talking about it, and then I saw your Instagram story. I'm like, oh, Marshall used to kill fish with the ball, like he used to catch yeah, so dude. many fish. Love the ball, three hundred, just bring a snot out of it, dude. It's like, that's like old school, like, yeah, it's like a flea fad sort of. You know I mean? <laughs> like, they're, they're very similar. Yeah, that that's what uh, that's what Dylan and I were were saying that it was like it was kind of the flea shad had that tight swim and and Dylan was talking about how he yeah yeah, yeah. that's the future of of uh, joints and swim baits 
That's like uh, Dylan just Dylan just informed us that he lost his uh, his 11 inch bull chat. And he was talking about kind of the it, what it did that he didn't enjoy. And he's like, I think we can get a ball him. And I was like, yeah, it's, that's what you should do. Yeah. So. Hell yeah, man. But we just want I just wanted to call, give you guys a ring. Good luck. Catch some fish. Catch a big one. Hold on. Hold on. Say it again. Say it again. I love scales and tails. I love scales and tails. I love scales and tails. Oh. I love scales and tails, dog. Thanks. Thanks, Caleb. <laughs> All right. See you guys. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. Anyway, back to back to the regularly scheduled events here. I bet they're not catching shit right now, man. No, no the they're, they're actually they're fishing the moon set. The moon just set here. So they're they're grinding it out. I'm sure they caught a big one today. The picture, uh, the picture Marshall posted was they were both laying under or like laying in the water, and Caleb was eating a can of SpaghettiOs <laughs> off his board. Oh my god! Yeah, that's that's Caleb's shit, man. Me and him ate an, an entire. He probably ate three quarters of it. We ate an entire large pizza the other day, just both of us. He he eats so much. I've never at, met somebody that eats like as much as he does. Like it's like. He, he and he like needs to eat too. He's like, dude, if I don't eat every two hours, I get weak. Like I need to eat. Yeah. Like on camping trips, he brings like I don't even need to bring food. I do, but dude, he brings so many like sausages and shit. Sausage and cheese. Sausages. <laughs> he, dude, we we did pasta when we were camping out on Travis, man. Caleb, I ate Caleb, so much Caleb's pasta, got a, dude. Caleb's got a little paddleboard charcuterie board just packed oh my, wherever he's yeah. going. <laughs> oh, he's he he always brings snacks, dude. Oh, dude. You want to talk about someone who always brings stuff? Bobby and water, dude. He is he's the number one. He's the water man. He's is like, that he's always in a jug. Yeah, oh, always has a giant jug of water with him. But he like he's like, dude, you need to bring water. You have to bring water. You could you could get a cramp and die out there if you don't get water. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> it's just his like number one thing. It's like okay, got my baits, got my rods. I need water, and it's all there's always so much emphasis on it. But I just like that's always funny. I guess what, okay, so you just said what they're always bringing. What's the one thing you're like, you're, you're non-necessity, but it's like a necessity to you, but not for others. What's that one thing you're always bringing on the, on the board for a camping trip? <laughs> my, my vape. Va- okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that for sure. Yeah, crack. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, crack. Light bulb, my lighter, and my baggie of crack. Oh, dude. Yeah, Bobby was telling me the story. He was fishing with some dude the other day, and he was like, is it cool if I smoke? And Bobby was like, yeah. And then the dude pulled out a crack pipe and started no smoking crack in the middle of the lake. Yeah, we got some we got some characters down here in Central Texas that fish. And this dude is this dude is a low-key like hammer on this lake. And no one catches big fish on this lake. No one. Like I, I I I discarded this lake a long time ago for having big fish. And this dude's just caught like an eight out there and a 10 out there and he caught the tin on a dock light on a three inch dark sleeper. And I, I want to go out there and try dock lights because, dude, I've heard so many stories of dock lights and like by baits and stuff like that. Just little tiny thread fin imitators and people catching big fish like 10 pluses, 10s and teeners. From everything I know about this guy, I would say it's because you guys aren't smoking crack. That's why you're not catching. Dude, OK, so, so uh, that's what I'm thinking. Like all the hammers down here. You know, Marshall, Jared, you know, everybody that fishes down here and catches a whole bunch of fish, big fish. I think they're all just meth heads and that's, they just spend so much time on the water that there's that that's the secret to catching teeners is you just need to smoke meth. 
You just need to be strung out and just live on the water. <laughs> dude, I wanted to do that, but I was like, dude, I'm just going to live on one of these lakes. Fuck it. Fuck having an apartment. Fuck rent. Become a become a house or a lake hermit living dude, on the Dude, I would be so successful. I, I would eat catfish. I'd just have like five like, you know, trout lines that I'd have out all the time. I could survive off just catfish, I think. Just catfish in a frying pan. And I'd have to go to like a gas station and get butter every now and then. Oh man. Fucking funny. But um hold on, just look at our questions here. Um uh first impressions of swim baits kind of talked about that. We've kind of been all over the board here. But that's what makes a good episode. <laughs> We're not talking about the same shit as as every other episode. So um, I've kind of I've kind of gotten in that rhythm where you know, yeah, we're going to talk about swim baits, but we're going to talk about other stuff along the way too. just kind of tell stories and whatnot, because it makes it fun that way. It's not it's not repetitive. No, uh, yeah, it's just a combo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, OK, this this is a good one I had wrote down. How has your fishing changed like in general since you got into swim baits? Have, did you have, um, you know, did you start catching bigger fish or you start seeing a bigger class of fish than you were beforehand? Or is it just yeah. kind of always stayed the same for you? Yeah. So no, I immediately when I got into swim baits, I started catching bigger fish. I mean, I was fishing like my number one bait before swim baits was a Texas Ridge Senko. And I didn't even fish it right. I straight retrieved it and I whooped them doing it. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, immediately, you know, and then right when I got into swim baits too, I had, there's this, I mean, everybody knows about it. I'll go ahead and say it. It's called, it's Barton where it flows into Ladybird. It's, mm-hmm. There's a lot of fish there and they're big fish, but they don't bite anything. And I've, you know, I, I went there swimming one time when I was a kid and I remember seeing those bass. So that's, I was like, dude, I want to go there with these swim baits. And I went there and I mean, the first day I went there, I think I caught like five sixes and like a high seven on, on that, on that eight inch HUD. And I had a bull shad too. And I caught like two fish on that, but they were dinks. And, uh, but that eight inch HUD was, I mean, I was just whooping them down there on an eight inch HUD. And I was, that's really when I, I like was like all into like lakes and stuff. And then I grinded Ladybird for the next like four years and, you know, some of you know, the other lakes around here, but yeah. That, that's a good question. So when uh, I'll, so I'll give my definition of a lake and then a river and kind of what I expect when I hear that name and then kind of break down what they're like down there because this is what's super confusing to me about your guys's lakes like ladybird and and all those lakes down there so when i think of a river <clears throat> i think of a river that starts we'll say you know starts up in manistee lake and it flow or that's not even well nobody's gonna know anyway so it starts up in this lake like in the middle of the state and then this slow creek kind of turns into a big river and it flows out to Lake Michigan, you know, and it maybe it dumps into a lake here and there, or it's got like little oxbow or, you know, backwaters to it, but it's, oh, yeah. it, there's, a, there's a current to it. You know, there's no, you know, there, maybe there's a couple of dams, but nothing crazy. And if you're fishing it, you're more than likely, um, kind of going with the flow. You're going to motor back up type thing. Like there's, there's so much current that you're not gonna be able to do it in a paddle board. You're going to, if you're in a kayaker board, you're going down and you're going to get picked up. And then just a lake, obviously dude, our lakes here are literally just circle boat bowls. The deepest part is in the middle and then it just gradual slamp down to the bottom. But like, 
So Lady Bird and stuff, is that considered a river or is that like a lake? Because I know there's like a weird thing out there where it's a part of the river chain or something, right? Yeah, it's a part of the Colorado River chain, but it is technically a lake. It's a chain lake. Okay, so yeah, there's is there so a current? I think it has to have some kind of like size requirement in order to be a chain lake because I know there's some spots uh, on one of the clearer rivers here in Texas just over from the Colorado where there's some pretty big dams, but those aren't considered lakes. Okay, so, okay, here's the other question. So you guys did, was it Ladybird that you guys did the trash pickup the other day? Yeah, that, that lake is just slammed with trash. I mean, while we were picking up trash, we saw some drunk, or, well, I wasn't there, but Caleb and them saw some drunk white girl throw a beer can off her paddleboard, and Caleb yelled at her, apparently, and was like, you better pick that shit up. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's just people just go out there and, like, so we thought it was all homeless people because, dude, like the bank, it's all trash. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know if you've seen pictures of it, but it's just insane. Like it, it was we probably got one one thousandth of the trash out of the lake that day. There is probably uh, I, I would say like anywhere from like 10,000 to like 20,000 pounds of trash in that lake. Like it's insane. But there's just people that like go out and like just toss their shit in the lake when they're done eating and stuff like that. Like. Regular people, I guess, I guess like regular people litter. I didn't know that. Damn, dude, that's yeah. so shitty. Like, oh, yeah. And um, we'll, we'll talk about the trash thing real quick. I just want to ask this before I forget. So I. This this lake is is like a, a narrow lake. And does it go around the city? And is there a current to it? Like, so so if you oh, and I are okay. in a boat ramp, do we have to? paddle back upstream or is there like not really a stream and it's all kind of stagnant water where so all the chain lakes they cut the current on and off and they cut the current on and off at like similar times so the people at the very top lake right it goes buchanan inks lbj marble falls travis austin ladybird uh the people the, the dude at the very top damn buchanan would be like okay we're releasing now and then they release at Buchanan, and then they release at Inks, and then it goes down, and so on and so forth. So it's it's when they turn the, so lately they've been turning the current on at like six or seven, and they've been it'll be on for like an hour or two. And obviously, when they turn the current on, the bite pops off. But it's Ladybird's a grassy lake, so when they turn the current on, it's fucking grass floating down everywhere. So it's super hard to fish anything besides a softy. Huh. So the water fluctuates then, right? Does it rise, you know, a couple feet at a time? When it, they... it, it, so it's, we have some lakes here that are the people in the cities have deals with the LCRA where it's, they're going to have their lake at a constant water level. And other lakes, like uh, one of our lakes here that is getting just like destroyed right now, it's called Lake Travis. And that thing is, I would have to say, 100 or 200 feet down from where it was. So it, it just all depends on the lake and the property owners. When they release, the water level will go up maybe like a half inch. It just depends on the release and how much water they're pushing out that day. Like I've had releases where it's like literally a wave hits me, you know what I mean? It washes all my shit away. And then, you know, most of the releases that were just a little, you know, light current. Yeah. Damn, dude. And then, okay, so that, that was the big question I got out of the way. And I think we'll probably have a Marshall on the show and probably do a round table. But before that, we'll kind of talk about the trash. So you, Marshall, Caleb, Zion, and Bobby 
when, when, when is what day is this? The 13th. So a couple days ago, on the 5th of July, you guys went out and just collected an absolute, just fucking insane amount of trash, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we filled the boat up. We, uh, you know, it was a solid five, six hours of picking up trash. And uh, we did good. We got, you know, I would probably have to say, like, five, seven hundred pounds of trash out of there. It was a lot of trash. It was probably, like, 30 40 trash bags we got a huge we got a mattress out of there the mattress was so waterlogged it was probably like you know 500 pounds when we pulled it up on the bank we had to step on it for like 30 minutes to get all the water out of it and uh yeah the trash that, that was good that was good karma too i went out the day after that and i caught like a six seven pounders 22 inch chunky fish fuck yeah dude and i will say um for <laughs> This is, you know, it's gonna, this is going to sound political, but not, that's not really what I mean. But for the people that are moving to Austin, it sounds like they don't really care about throwing trash around. You said if that girl, you know, threw trash. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. I'll and that's saying fucking, like people, yeah. people, you know, that's making the generalization and the assumption that a lot of people from California are moving there. And they might not be the thing. But, you know, when you think of California and. Oh, dude, it's, it's them. It's because it's. We're like, oh, it's all homeless people out here. And then when we're picking up trash, we're finding like Starbucks cups and not like one here and there. Like, it's like a lot of Starbucks cups. Like these like white fucking bitches are just going out there and just trashing the place on their paddle boards and then dipping. Like that's, they come out there with a whole bunch of fucking food or whatever. And then they fucking just throw it all in the lake and then they're out of there. And that's like. I would say that has to be like from the amount of trash that has to be like 40% of the people that go to the lake, you know, a solid 60% are good Samaritans probably, you know, like you got to look at it glass half full, but there's just a lot of trash in that lake, man. It is insane. Like the whole bottom of the lake is all trash. Like a lot of it falls in between the hydrilla, but like on the areas where it's mud bottom and it's like shade. So hydrilla can't grow grow you can see it it's all bags and cans and bottles and heroin needles and all that fun stuff yeah and i mean do you think like do you remember a couple of years ago when that video of the sea turtle went viral and they pulled the straw out of its nose i do yeah is that what made up is that is that why we got paper straws now and all that bullshit yeah yeah that's why because they came out with some like well, actually, because I watched a video about it. So that video came out, and a kid like up in Massachusetts um, had a presentation that went viral. He was only like he was only like ten, and he said um, five hundred million straws get used in the U.S., which was grossly uh, overdone. Studies had found out, but anyway, that's kind of what started that movement. Do you think if there was something crazy like? Uh, you know, I'm trying to think what what's like a cool aquatic life you guys have down there. Like if somebody caught a fish and they went to go clean like a catfish and they went to go clean it and it was fucking full of, of needles and, and Gatorade bottles and, and stuff like that. Do you think that that could kind of change the tides down there? Or do you think like those people down there just do not give a single shit at all? So, I mean, they're, they, the city has people out there that their job is to clean up trash. So, I mean, the city's trying, but I mean, other than having a game warden out there with binoculars and when they see someone throw a bottle off of their thing, they go arrest them. I mean, I don't really, which would be, you know, it's, that's an unattainable goal, you know, but, uh, 
I don't I don't really think there's going to be a solution to it. No, the trash problem in Lady Bird. It's a, it's a it's a lake in the middle of like one of the most populated cities in the United States. And it's right in the smack dab middle of downtown. Like everybody like even if they're not going out there on a paddleboard, people just go throw trash in the lake. Like I mean, and then it's going to blow in there from the city too cuz downtown is like literally right next to Lady Bird. It's in downtown. It goes smack dab through the middle of it. So if you had to take a guess of what Austin's population is in 2023, what, what number would you throw out there? Yeah, I think like I'm, I'm, I think it, I, I read something the other day that it's like a million now. So uh, a million people all packed into one little, dude. it's a small area, like downtown Austin. Like it's not like Houston or Dallas. Like when you fly over Dallas, it's like 15 downtown Austin's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. Austin's just one group of buildings, you know what I mean? And a yeah. whole bunch of apartments and suburbs around it. Dude, so the current metro area population, which I'm not too sure, I'm t- probably sure they're talking about like New Braunfels and stuff. So the current metro area population of Austin in 2023 is 2,228,000. A 2.39% increase from 2022. God damn. Austin, Austin population in 2023 is estimated to be 982,000. Uh, city experiencing accelerated growth during the 1990s, mainly due to the high technology industry, which is also happening again. Dude, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, no, it's 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 growing. It's uh, yeah, it's I mean, you know, I don't really notice it because I'm I, I try to stick to more rural areas. But like, I don't Lady Bird is not one of my daily sins. I go out to Lady Bird if somebody wants to go fish with me and I'm not out there for big ones. I mean, I try. I have a couple techniques out there that I feel like I could maybe stick a big one doing you know but it's a it's a tough lake it's like i said earlier you know if you catch a 10 out of there that's like a 15 anywhere else it's that's a tough tough lake dang dude i yeah i don't know i i I mean you probably remember i mean you lived it like when when you had um, Oliver down there, going down there, casting with the mother. Those are, yeah, those are like some of the first Swimbait YouTube videos I watched. I think that's how I found out about the mother was I watched like this video. I saw just the, the headline was like $500 Swimbait. And this was like nine years ago or something crazy like that. Like I was like young. On, and, uh, uh, with the Okuma stuff, with the old Okuma guide select and... Uh, the Akuma Skrillex or whatever the hell that reel's called. Oh yeah, but, no, all, all kinds of old gear and like thirty pound mono. I used to I used to fish only thirty pound big game for the first like year that I fished swim baits, and then I found out about Seeger, and then I started using only Seeger twenty. And I still like I I, I was using a Brazex for the longest time. I still think a Brazex has a time and a place, like especially like long range softies like if you have your softie way out there and physics is just so stretchy it's hard to get the hook in those fish but a braised deck that you can get a hook in a fish from 70 feet away on a citizen or a unique carp no problem but like braid it's so stiff you know what i mean it does it it is kind of hard to tie knots with but i mean if you're tying a uni you know it's it's a uni is just such a clean knot is invisex the yellow and blue box right uh, Invisex is, yeah, that's the yellow box. Yeah, and that's, I've been using a lot more Invisex lately, especially because I've been, I, w- I was tossing like eight to nine inch glides for a while, and now I'm just, now I'm just in that 12 inch range. Like, I feel like the same fish that we eat, like a 
Cad Shad or, you know, one of those seven inch or like a K9 even, you know what I mean? That that same fish is going to come out and fire out and eat a mother. And then a fish that would just like look up and like be like, oh, there's another one of those with like a K9 or a Chad Shad going over its head would at least come up and show interest in the mother. Because fishing off the paddleboard here, we don't have electronics. So mm-hmm. how I find spots a lot of times is with the big baits, just getting them to follow it up. And then I'm like, okay, there's something here. There's a rock pile or something. I can, I can come back to that spot later and drag it. And then it's just... I, I, I pin it in my head too. Like, oh, okay, there's big ones over here. Cause usually, like, you'll come to like a group of docks, right? And you'll just have like a whole bunch of fish fall you out. And you're like, okay, these five docks, there's something about them that hold a lot of big fish. And then you can do other things like fish softies around them or in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think it'll ever come to a point in time where those fish? will think twice about coming up for a 10 to 12 inch bait and then you're gonna have to start fishing the gura gura or the ghost or the chase or not the chaser because chasers are like the frenzy or you know like like the big but i guess big the very large stuff do you think it'll ever come to a point in time where those fish key in on on that 10 to 12 and you have to upgrade even bigger I mean, maybe it would have to be very situation specific. I mean, I feel like that mother is like big, but I know largemouth bass can eat something up to six tenths their body length or something like that. So a 29 incher would have no problem getting down a fish the size of a mother chaser uh, frenzy or whatever it's called, the DRT one. I I would love to get my hands on one of those baits, you know, and I mean, I'm sure if the situation calls for it, especially like I got some spots on one of the clearer rivers here that's stocked with trout that I'm sure if dude, that frenzy or that chaser would kill on, if not largemouth and the stripers that are in that river. Cause there are some huge striper that eat those trout. Dang <clears throat> there. I don't know, man. And, and <laughs> you guys don't particularly enjoy striper, right? Like you hook one, you're like, son of a bitch, unless you it's know, like a super big one. The, the boys don't like them. I love them. I, I honestly like if I if there was only striper down here, I would be happy. You know what I mean? Like, but you, the thing about striper is you're not just gonna go out and like catch one, and they're not gonna be in ponds either. Like, it's you know what I mean? Like, I would just target striper just because they're so much fun. Like, they would tow your paddleboard around so much. You know, I haven't got a big one off a of paddleboard yet. I've my biggest striper is only an eleven, and both Bobby and Caleb have caught twenty pluses and. I need to get one of those twenty pluses, man. Those those things look insane. It's like a it's like a big redfish, but it's honestly like they have more juice than a big redfish, even. Yeah, yeah. So I guess if if you were, you know, you you fall asleep tonight and you have a dream, are you are you dreaming about catching, you know, a thirteen pound largemouth or a big striper or even even like I guess you guys don't really have the possibilities that a big smallmouth like you like you really would up here so i guess like what's the dream fish that you know given the chance you're gonna chase nine times out of ten oh, a, a, a big large mouth obviously yeah for sure like here a big large mouth i just i want to get my hands on a big large mouth and then i'm just gonna move to florida and start a youtube channel where i catch burmese pythons and alligators and goliath grouper on mothers and all that that's but I just want to get that big bass under my belt. I caught one fish that was, this fish was humongous. It was on a K9 with the V tail, slow cranking it. And uh, it was 26 inches by just under 24. So like 23 Holy and shit. three quarters. Yeah, it was, 
it was it had possible teener proportions it, when i first caught it i was like oh teener but it was the whole situation was fucked me and my girlfriend's phones ran out of battery so i had to go sit i was sat with this fish on the bank for like 30 minutes holding it in the net while she went and charged the phone and everything and then she came back and we got photos and I measured it next to the rod and I didn't even have a measuring tape. So I just put it next to the rod and I measured the rod later. And then I uh, got a piece of fishing line and I wrapped it around its belly and that's how I got the girth. But that fish was, uh, I mean, that's the biggest fish. I've one of the biggest fish I've ever seen. Like I've had some fish follow me in that I would say are around that size. I've definitely, I've caught longer fish than it, but it was just, its head was big. It had this giant belly, like, the belly wasn't like loaded, loaded with fat. Like I've caught fish where it's like, it's hard. Their stomach, it's like concrete. You know what I mean? But this one, you could push in on it a little bit, but it was just, it was full. And it was that, that fish was, that could, could have been a high. I, I think it was a DD. Um, I, I can confidently say I'm pretty sure it was a DD. It was in the middle of winter. Right. Do you think that was an F1 or a Southern strain? That was an F1 for F1. sure. It's yeah, yeah the so southern strains, the native bass we have here in Texas. I forget what they're, they're it's like the Samides or the Samoas, but those native fish don't get over 18 inches. And you see it creek fishing sometimes. Um, you're like, oh, these fish are just capping out at 18 inches. Like, you, there's no reason for them to. It's a big pool, there's not too many bass in it. It's just they're just the genetics of these natural fish here in Texas. They don't really get over 18. They sometimes get to 20. That's why in all these spots before 1995, 1993, when they started stocking Florida strain here, all the, the Texas record was like a 10 pounder, eight pounder. And you know what I mean? Like these like really good spots now where it's like the, the lake records a 13 pounder. It used to be an eight or a seven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, that's fucking, that's crazy. That's such a crazy jump. Um, shit, there was one more thing that I wanted to ask you before we wrapped it up here. Uh, hold on, let me go back in the notes here and look. It was a question pertaining to, to the fish. Fuck, I can't even, I can't even fucking remember. Damn it, it was a good question too. I was pretty happy with that question. Well, while I think, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't really get to? To today we'll we'll have to i mean we'll have to do a oh, we'll, we'll circle back on the round table i mean i yeah, yeah. i didn't really have anything on my mind that i specifically wanted to talk about i did want to call people that use live scope a bunch of <laughs> but other than that uh i think i'm good uh, <laughs> dude i can't even i can't fucking remember what i wanted to say well what uh, what's the social media so people well, well I guess re shout out the social media and any uh, any companies brands or yeah or yeah uh, so, uh, so Instagram yet again is uh, Texas Chunk Chunk like chunky and uh, uh, all my sponsors are I don't have any sponsors I got some really nice companies that hook me up with free stuff uh, DS Customs he makes the best glides like I've I've used all the glides I've had mothers I've had all the depth stuff and. Dude, DS is the, I've had Hinkles obviously, and DS is just insane. Like he makes super good stuff and Throwback too. Throwback is that's the best wake bait out there in my opinion. Throwback swim baits, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Um, yeah, we'll 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 do another roundtable. Um, 
maybe if Bobby, oh, I was going to ask you how you met Bobby, but we'll just have to do that during the round table. If he oh, doesn't yeah. want to do, if he doesn't want to do his own episode, he, he, maybe he'll feel better. if we. Oh, well, he'll, he'll do his own episode. We'll make sure. So? Okay. Oh, we'll okay. talk him into it. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll hit him up tomorrow. And then if he says no, I'll be like, oh, okay, Dylan, Caleb, and Marshall got to talk to you for a second. Yeah. They, they said, they said you have to. Yeah. Yeah. They said you have to before we do a round <laughs> you table. You gotta. Hell yeah, man. But, uh, as always, I'll put Dylan's Instagram in the uh, in the show description so you guys go follow him if you don't already. While you're doing that, check out the uh, the Instagram for the podcast skills and tales underscore podcast. Uh, make sure if you guys haven't already to uh, to rate the show on your listening platform. As always, it's greatly appreciated. When you guys are hearing this, the new uh, July sticker will be out, so go grab that to uh, to enter your chance at winning one of those rugged thumbs ducks. I'm not sure if we're doing the normal size duck or the duckling, which is the new smaller one, but we're gonna we're gonna be giving one of those away, and check out the Patreon so you guys can see all the behind the scenes stuff for the third issue of the Zine, as well as uh, some other stuff that we've been working on along the way. Um, I think that's probably everything. I'm definitely missing some stuff. I'm definitely missing some questions that I really wanted to ask you throughout the show, but I just never wrote down, so they just fucking left my brain. But like I said, we'll we'll do a big roundtable sometime soon and it'll be a fucking good t- after we'll do a round table after we do bobby's episode after we get bobby bully bobby into coming on the show if he doesn't want oh, to yeah. bobby bassin man bobby bassin. he'll come on the show did he say he wasn't coming on the show no i don't i don't think so but i think caleb was like he might be the one that you have trouble getting on like he's like dylan will probably get on but i don't know if bobby will we'll, we'll like, get bobby, him on the show. he's like bobby would come on for a round table but maybe not alone i said oh we'll figure it out we'll get it figured oh, out Bo- bobby's got stuff to talk about bobby's a good angler he's he's what i want to be i'm always out there fishing super fast like that's what i just burn around stuff and i'm always like man i need to fish slower and bobby just sits there and just creep softies on the bottom he's a good he's he's got a 10 coming to him like soon he's gonna catch a big one i like bobby i, I was super hyped when i got to meet all three of you guys at the texas show that was fucking awesome oh, yeah yeah we're a fun little group hell yeah man next time i'm down there we'll have to fucking hang out for sure but uh, dude i'll put you on some fish man i'll, I'll break I, your pb so easy i just need to come down there and like january when it's like too cold to do anything here and maybe the fishing's not even good that's, I don't that, care. that's the month that's the month i caught my big one was january that's that it pops off around here around that time well fuck looks like i might might need to come down there in january then <laughs> oh yeah um, but yeah like i said i'll put all of dylan's stuff in the show notes um i hope you guys enjoyed the episode i want to thank dylan for coming on it was super cool you know we talked about dude we talked about a lot of shit just also oh, yeah. Australian cod, oh, yeah. saltwater fishing. It was a good ass time. It was a good one for sure. I think people will like it. But uh, like I said, I want to thank Dylan for coming out. I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I'll talk to you guys next time. See you guys.